Amen. You guys may be seated. You sound great. So glad that you're worshiping with us on this great day. Hope Easter Bunny was good to everybody uh, that's here today. My, our, our first year of marriage, uh, first Easter, my wife informed me that the Easter Bunny always comes to see her. And it, <laughs> it wasn't like a question. Um, it, it wasn't like, hey, it would be nice. It was... This is a part of our marriage vows, and, and it's happened. I, every year we've been married, uh, Easter Bunny shows up for my wife. Um, we've been studying, maybe it's your first Sunday here, we've been studying through the Lord's Prayer, and uh, this is our fourth week, we're wrapping up today, and I, I, I thought, you know, we've been studying it, but we haven't said it together yet, we haven't said the Lord's Prayer, and that happens a lot, because it's kind of a familiar prayer. People pray this prayer collectively as a group. So I thought, let's start today by praying the Lord's Prayer together. Don't worry, you don't have to have it memorized. We're going to put it here on the screen. And some of us have different language memorized than others. So we'll just read it together from the screen. This is what we've been studying. I'll I'll kick us off. You jump in. Ready? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Yeah, this is the prayer that Jesus gave to his followers. And probably some of you are ready to do that finishing line, right? And and, uh, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Uh, That's a beautiful line that the church, the early church, added later on after the time of Jesus. Jesus didn't actually give that phrase. It's a beautiful phrase, great way to end the prayer. It's true. All of that's true. It's just it wasn't a part of what Jesus gave us. Jesus gave us these kind of four lines. and, And what we've been doing, if this is your first Sunday, we've noticed that each line in the Lord's Prayer comes back the final hours of Jesus' life. Like at the beginning of the Lord's Prayer, we pray, your will be done, thy kingdom come. And Jesus, hours before his death, right before he's arrested, he says, Father, not my will, but yours be done. He says in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. And in the night of his betrayal, he gathers with his followers and says, look, this bread's me. I'm going to be broken like this bread. Uh, he, He says, Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And hanging on the cross, Jesus not only forgives the thief that's next to him, but he cries out to his father, God, forgive everybody that's a part of this. They don't understand what's going on. So all of these phrases keep coming back at the end of Jesus' life, which brings us to this last one where Jesus says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So kind of two parts. Lead us not into temptation. Everybody that writes about this phrase says, temptation really should be translated testing because it's a, it's a, it's a bigger meaning than just those things that try to get us to do wrong. I'll talk more about that in just a minute. The, the, the bigger question with this phrase, and lead us not into temptation, is the issue of does God lead us into those times at all? Is that how we're to understand this phrase? Because we know from other places in the Bible, God doesn't try to get us to mess up. He doesn't try to tempt us or test us. James, who's the brother of Jesus, he wrote a book in the New Testament as well. And in it, he said, 
When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. James says, look, when you're in a tough situation, don't blame God. Like, God didn't get you there. You made some choices maybe that got you there, or life just kind of landed you there. But don't blame God on the stuff that's going on in your life, because God doesn't do that to us. But then James says, but each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. So, on the one hand, God doesn't tempt us or even test us, but we are tested. It happens. And, and, and that testing comes in a couple of ways. There, there's the tempting part, right, where, where I'm, I'm tempting, tempted to do something I shouldn't do. I'm tempted to do something maybe immoral or unethical or or something that's disobedient to what God has said. I'm tempted to do something that's going to hurt my reputation or my career or my marriage or my family or my relationships. We experience that, and that's part of what Jesus is saying. But tests come in other forms as well. Right? Sometimes just life is a test. You ever, ever feel that way? Like tomorrow's Monday, right? Monday's a test every week. Just living through Monday, getting out of bed on Monday, right? It's, life kind of has these regular tests in and of itself. Pressure, um, tragedies, uh, heartaches, di- disappointments, wounds, stress. Life. We're going to experience that every one of us, not some of us, not a small percentage, every single one of us is going to experience this sort of testing because life brings its own pressures. Then there are the global issues. We had another terrorist attack this week. You turn on the news and you just feel darkness and pressure and what's this world coming to and that sort of squeezing in. On us. This year we've got the election, right? That's pressure, right? Because anybody else watching this and going, like, we seriously have to pick one of these people <laughs> to be the leader of the free world. Are you kidding me? Right? I'm sorry if you've got a favorite one. I'm just saying, I'm watching and I'm going, like, is there another option? Please. <laughs> anybody. This life has this pressure to it, this stress. And Jesus is saying, here's what your prayer life needs to be. Your prayer life needs to include the fact that you're going to experience testing and pressure, but God, don't let testing and pressure overwhelm me. Don't don't let it get the best of me. And, And especially, God, don't let it pull me away from you. Don't let it separate me from you. Don't don't let the pressure that I'm going to feel in this world impact my relationship with you. In other words, Jesus isn't saying, when you feel that in your life, and we all feel it, hurt, betrayal, tragedy, our prayer is not, God, would you stop doing that to me? God, stop tempting me. God, stop putting this stuff in my life. Jesus is saying, our prayer needs to be, God, In this world that we live in, it's crazy. It's messed up. I'm going to feel this pressure. I need you to help me. I I need you 
to rescue me from the pressure that I feel, or maybe not even rescue me from it, but rescue me through it. Because he doesn't always take us out of the pressure, but he's promised to always be with us in the pressure. God, don't let these things that I'm feeling inside of me and outside of me, don't let that pull me away from you. Because that's what happens to a lot of us, isn't it? Maybe for some of us, we grew up in church as kids. Our parents took us or a friend took us. And for some of us, we were involved in youth group. Like we went to camp and, and, and sleepovers and D-Now and Bible studies. We were like all involved. And then life pressure happens, right? We go to college. We get married. We get a job. We move across the country. We get another job. Kids come along. And life just starts to squeeze out our relationship with God. It begins to take second priority. It begins to to be sort of pushed away. And Jesus says, look, I need you to pray every day. God, don't let all of this stuff tug me away from you because it will. I know that it will pull me away from you. And not just stuff out there. Let's be honest. There's stuff in here that pulls me away from God as well. There's doubts sometimes. Emotions of, of anger or, de- or depression or, or heartache. Those things that go on inside of me, those questionings that build up, they're, they're a normal part of life. They're real emotions and we all feel them. But it's not just what I see on TV. It's not just what's happening around the world. Inside of me, God, there are things going on that, that tend to pull me away from you. Don't let that happen. Don't don't let me be pulled away from you, either by what's on the outside or what's on the inside. And some of us here today know what that's like. You come to Easter with wounds and hurts and questions and doubts and maybe even indifference to the story or, or apathy towards faith or disinterest in the things of God. And and my prayer for you, whether it's your prayer for yourself, is that those feelings would not overwhelm what God wants to do in you today. What God wants to say to you today. How God wants to express His love to you today. Don't let life pull you away from God. Now that that puts us in a precarious place. Because the, the reality is it could happen. And part of praying this part of the prayer is saying, God, I don't don't think I can do this by myself. Like Life's too big. Life's too hard. Tragedies are too real. Hurt is too deep. I don't think I can do this by myself. And Jesus would say, you're right. You can't do it by yourself. That's why I said the next phrase. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Help us, God. Help us. Make it through this. You see, it's Easter, so everybody looks great today. I mean, just look at the person sitting next to you. Just say, man, you look great today. You look look awesome. Right? Like, okay, don't get carried away. They don't look that good. (laughs) Come on, people. But we do. I mean, we wear nice clothes. I got a jacket on today. My shirt is tucked in. I got pants on today. I mean, I mean, I always have pants on. 
Usually they're jeans with holes. Okay, I got pants, pants on today. That's what I'm saying. Look, it's Easter. We look great. You look great. But, but just because we look great doesn't mean everything's great in here. It, it doesn't mean everything's clicking in here. And, and, and here's the beautiful thing about the Lord's Prayer. It gives us freedom to not be okay. It gives us freedom to come and say, God, I got some things going, but some things are just not working for me. I need you to deliver me. I need your help, God. You ever needed to be delivered from something? Like ever look at your kids and go, deliver me, God. Right? Got a boss at work. God, deliver me from my crazy boss. My co-workers wacky. Deliver me. Right? Neighbors. Family, like some of you are praying that right now. You got, you got Easter lunch, and you're thinking, Lord, 6 o'clock, can I get to 6 o'clock? <laughs> deliver me, God. Yeah, deliver me. You know, the word just means just rescue me. Save me. Get me out of this situation. And Jesus says, you can pray that to God. You can say, God, I can't get through this without you. Would you rescue me? Would you swoop in? Would you save me? You ever, you ever pause to think that Easter is the story of a rescue mission? It's the story of a rescue mission where Jesus comes to rescue us from this world and from ourselves to save us. I mean, honestly, this day only makes sense if it's a rescue mission. It, it, it only makes sense. That millions, perhaps billions of people go to church on this one day. Highest attendance day by far of any day of the year. Why? Because something big was at stake on Easter Sunday. It was something that needed to be rescued. Something that needed to be saved. This day only makes sense if Easter matters. We've had to grab chairs from everywhere in this building. We could find them today. Why? Because you know this day matters. Something was at stake 2,000 years ago. Something needed to be rescued. Think of all the great hero stories you know of. Somebody always needs to be rescued in those stories, right? Something big's at stake. Risks are taken. Challenges are met because somebody needed to be rescued. This is the story of Easter. Somebody needed to be rescued, and it was us. We needed to be rescued, not just from the world around us. We needed to be rescued from the world inside of us. Our own disobedience, our own temptation to walk away and to leave God and to live our own life. Somebody had to come and save us from that. Timothy's another guy that writes in the New Testament uh, actually, Paul wrote it. it. Paul wrote this letter to Timothy. And Paul says, The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. And that's Easter. God came to rescue us from all the stuff that's going on in our life, from all the stuff that would pull us away. Jesus is our rescuer. And what did he rescue us from? Deliver us from the evil one, or some translations just say deliver us from evil. 
What, it, what does evil want to do in us? Jesus told us in John 10.10, 10, he said, the thief, that was another word Jesus used for evil or the evil one. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. This is what's happening. The enemy wants to take life from us. Ruin relationships. Ruin, take away hope and joy and purpose and meaning. But Jesus, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. See, there's, there's two things going on at Easter. There's one that's trying to take away life, trying to take away joy, trying to take away meaning and purpose and hope. And there's another one that's come to give it. The one who died for us. He came to give life. And not just, not just a little bit of life. Not just an okay life. Jesus said, I've come to rescue you out of the life you would live without me and to give you life to the full. Like the greatest, most meaningful, most joyful life you could have. See, Jesus came to give to us, not to take from us. And sometimes we come to the Bible or we come to religion or we come to Easter and we think, okay, what's he want from me? What's he trying to get from me? You know what he's trying to do? He's trying to give you life. He's trying to give us freedom. He's trying to give us hope and joy and peace and eternal life. That's what Easter is, Christ coming to give. The greatest news of Easter is that no matter where your life is right now, no matter what you've done, no matter what you're doing, no matter what's going on in your heart and your mind, no, no matter what your questions or doubts are, Easter says Jesus offers life to you. Wherever you are, Jesus offers life to you. This is how Matthew recorded the day of his resurrection in Matthew 28. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. It was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Jesus still says that. Look, don't be afraid. I've got this. I can handle this. Whatever's going on in you, whatever fears you have about the outside world, I can handle this. Here's what I know about Jesus. If he can handle the cross and the grave, he can handle whatever's going on in my life. If he can handle the cross and he can, he can handle the grave with no problem, he can handle whatever's going on in your life. He can handle it. When we cry out, God, deliver me. God, help me with this stuff that's going on in my life. We're putting it in the hands of somebody who's fully capable of handling, handling it, whatever's going on in your life today. Right before Jesus was betrayed, he told his disciples in John 16, I have told you these things 
so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you'll have trouble. I love that Jesus was honest. Like He's a straight shooter. He's, you're going to have some tough times in this world. It's going to be pressure. There's going to be testing. I'm not going to give it to you. It's just going to come. That's the way life's going to be. You're going to have some struggles in this life. But then he says, take heart. I've overcome the world. I can handle it. I can handle what's happening in your lives. You can trust me with it. We can walk through it together. If you'll let me rescue you, if you'll let me save you. One of the great tragedies of um, contemporary Easter celebration, just in my opinion, is the plastic edge. Um, there's just so many things that kids today will never experience that those of us who, who did Easter egg hunts prior to plastic eggs got to uh, experience. I mean, I know the candy's better to kids than egg yolk. I, I get that trade off, but... Um, Kids today, they'll never experience the sound of a hard-boiled egg hitting their sister when they throw it at them. (laughs) You don't get that with a plastic egg. Here's the biggest tragedy to me. They'll never experience what happens to a lost egg. (laughs) Right? Because really, if 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 you don't find a plastic egg today... When you're, when you're having your egg hunt, and you find it two months later, it's going to be the same. It's plastic. It's, it's not going to change. I mean, unless it's chocolate, the candy is going to be fine, right? Kids, if you're in here, just take note. You find a plastic egg in July, eat the candy. It's fine. It's, it won't hurt you. Build up your immune system. But when I was a kid, you didn't find an egg about July. It was going to find you, <laughs> right? You're going to smell it before you, you saw it. When I was a kid, somebody hid an egg in the end of a swing set, like the pipe was open, and they stuck it in there, and we found it in the middle of the summer. Exactly, exactly. You don't want to go eating that in the middle of the summer. Eggs get lost, right? Jesus... Jesus talked a lot about lost things. Never talked about lost eggs, but he he talked about lost coins and lost sheep and and lost people. And his his message every time was, I'm going to keep looking for you. I'm going to keep coming to find you. I'm going to keep coming to rescue you. I don't care where you are, how well you hide yourself. I don't care how much you push me away. I'm coming to find you, and I'm going to keep looking, and I'm going to keep looking because I'm here to rescue you. I'm not here to take life from you. I'm here to give life to you, and I'm looking for you. And that's what he says to all of us this morning. Whether whether you've been in church, whether, whether you have a relationship with Jesus or not, whether you're indifferent, whether you're just here to make somebody happy, I don't know what your story is or what got you here, but I know the Savior of the world is looking for you because He loves you. And whatever is going on in your life, He can handle it. So, so why not just say, Jesus, res- rescue me. I, I trust you to save me. I trust you to deliver me. From this world, from myself, for all of eternity, I trust you as the Savior of the world who died and rose again for me. I trust you. I trust you. Listen, tons of people this morning have done that. 
Many of the people sitting around you would tell you, this is the greatest thing I ever did in my life. I just gave it all to him. I didn't understand everything. I didn't have it all figured out. I just gave everything to Jesus. And everything changed for me. Well, if you haven't, today, today, Resurrection Sunday, give all of you the all of Jesus and let him make you new. For he conquered death and he conquered the grave and he conquered sin because he would not give up looking for you. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe you need to do that today. Maybe maybe you need to turn your life over to Christ. Invite him in. Just in your own words, just just say, Christ, come into my life. Rescue me. I I, I know that I've disobeyed God, and, and I want that to be forgiven. I believe Christ died for me. Come into my life. Just invite him in. In your own words. I'm going to pray in just a second. You can invite Christ in today. I'd love to talk to you afterwards. I'm going to be in the foyer. If you want to let us know on your card, hey, I committed my life to Christ today, you can do that. Don't leave here without experiencing the life to the full that Jesus wants to give you today. God, we thank you. We thank you for your beauty and love and grace and goodness displayed ultimately on the cross where the Savior of the world laid down his life so that we, lost eggs, lost people, could be found. And thank you for not giving up on us. For some of us here have run a long time. But you're still looking and you're still inviting and you're still pouring your grace and your love on us though we are undeserving. Thank you for delivering us from evil. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.